You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. It is uh, an absolute joy again, as always, to be with you in CLM. And thank you again, uh, Martin and Esther for the wonderful uh, welcome, the invitation, and the trust. And I really do love coming here. And it's an absolute joy and honor to serve you. And what a great morning we've had. What a great time of worship we've had in both services. Just outstanding. I think the band deserves uh, a little uh, note of appreciation from us all. They've been fantastic. And as Martin said, uh, Beth Ann is with me. She's just uh, not long Come back from Zimbabwe. She's been uh, working out there on easy, uh, working out there on mission, and uh, so she's uh, now back at college and just started to learn to drive. Got her first driving lesson this week, and she managed not to stall and not to crash. Come on, that's good. So they, they were her own words, her own words. So there we are. Um, and of course, every time I come, this is genuinely true. Every time I come to CLM, somebody asks after the sausage dogs. Now, you may or may not know, I have two sausage dogs. One is called Pepperoni, and the other one is called Salami, and uh, they, they live at home with us. And every time I come here, somebody says, hi, your dogs, how are they? So I thought I'd give you an update. Uh, this is Pepperoni, and I just want you to show, show you he's really getting into the Word of God. So there he is. He's, he's doing his devotions with me, and he's literally resting on the Word resting on the word, everybody. So he's, a, he's not just a beautiful sausage dog, he's a spiritual sausage dog. So there we are, come on. Uh, I would just encourage you, get a sausage dog and add to your spirituality. Um, it'll be a blessing to you. And also some of you know that in the role I have, I, I sort of get to travel, uh, have the privilege of traveling up and down this country, which is wonderful. And I went to a church recently and I realized I had reached a whole new level of influence in my ministry, I went into the toilet and I found that. I don't know if you can see that, but that's a poster of me directly above the urinals. Um, and I would find that quite off-putting if I was trying to do my business and uh, looking at me. So it may have created a bit of a shy bladder syndrome in someone in there, but, uh, but there we are. So I couldn't resist it. When no one was in the toilet, thought, take a picture of that. Let's have that, a whole new level of influence. Uh, in my world. Uh, but what a great joy it is to share the Word of God with you. And so I want to share, in, in line with what we are going to be doing together here in CLM, what, uh, the, the, we've got the week of prayer and fasting coming up. We've got the vision offering coming. There's lots of fantastic things that will be happening in the context of this church. Uh, I wanted just to share with you and encourage you along the lines of this idea today, that purpose has a price. Uh, and I want to say that in the most positive and affirming way. So if you've got a Bible, I'm going to read from Philippines chapter 3. So if you do have a Bible on your phone or your iPad or a hard copy Bible, why don't you take a minute to find that and read it uh, along with me. So it's Philippines chapter 3. I'm going to read from verse 1. And uh, we, it is Paul that is speaking to this church at Philippi. And here's what he says, Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those men who do evil, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God, who 
glory in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh or in our own ability, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, and as for legalistic righteousness, faultless. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I considered them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of, his, of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. I, I, I'm sure, uh, like uh, me, everyone in this room loves a bargain. You love the idea of getting something for less than the usual or normal price. And if you're anything like my family or my world, we enjoy it when that's happened. I remember a few years ago, I was traveling to the Far East, and I had to get a long-haul flight, and the flight was going to mean that I would spend 14 hours on the one plane. So, uh, so I, I, I took a bit of a step of faith. I booked a premium economy seat, which meant uh, instead of having the normal 31 inches of economy, I would get a 38-inch seat in premium economy. That seven inches made a huge difference. And so I, I went for a bit more expensive, a wee bit of a push, but I thought for 14 hours on one plane, it's got to be worth it. So I had my ticket book, locked and loaded, ready to go. And as I'm leaving for the airport, my wife said to me, I just have a feeling you're going to get an upgrade today. Now, I'd never really had an upgrade at that stage in my life. I'd never been in the glory of the business class cabin at the front of the plane. And so I went, right, I'll take that. If a godly woman like Dawn says that, I'm up for that. And so with that in my belly, I sort of went to Manchester Airport. I was flying from Manchester to London and then on to the Far East. And so at Manchester, with this confidence in me soul, I went up to the check-in girl and I said to her, is there any chance of an upgrade? Because uh, I don't normally ask for that sort of stuff. I'm a bit shy around that. And, and she said to me, well, I can't upgrade you from Manchester. I'll put you down. The flight is pretty full, so there is a wee bit of a chance. Uh, but it's London who will make the decision. And I said, that's fine. So I got me premium economy ticket with my 38 inches, and off I went down into London. Now, some of you will know this. If you get, if you get an upgrade, they normally call your name. So what they normally do is call you forward and then discreetly swap the economy ticket for a business class ticket. Uh, and so I'm hoping for my name to be called, praying, speaking in tongues, all going on. Uh, but my name doesn't get called. And so I get in the economy line and I'm just, you know, one by one going forward. And as they take my ticket and put it through the electronic machine, it bleeped. And the lady said to me, she, she, she sort of looked at the screen and she said to me, Dr. Andrews, this is your lucky day. You've just been upgraded to business class. 
Marvelous. Now, that was marvelous. My, my heart was leaping inside, though. I was trying to act pretty cool on the outside. You know, it's doing all that. Hey, it's cool. I'm used to this sort of thing. It happens all the time. And so I'm really, really excited and conscious of a little bit of upgrade envy behind me. Do you know what I mean? Um, and all of that's going on. Anyway, I, I got to the door of the plane. Instead of going right where I should have gone, I went left. Ooh, go left. Oh, it's marvelous. And I entered a whole different world. Uh, and my seat was 6C. Single digit seat. Come on. That's when you know you've landed. It's, it's all going on. 6C. And I said to it, it was amazing. Now, this airline had just introduced the six foot, one inch flatbed chair. All right. Some of you, obviously, hard to impress. I want to tell you, that's pretty amazing, right? <laughs> aren't. Uh, it's incredible. So you hit a button and this chair becomes a bed. Six foot, one inch bed. Like for someone like me, that's like perfect. And so I sit down on my 6C and I just can't, I can't contain myself. I'm like a child in a sweet shop and I just start pressing all the buttons <laughs> on the chair and we're just going for it. <laughs> now, we haven't taken off yet. You know, we're, we're still on the ground. And I'm jamming all these buttons. And the lady who was the sort of head of the cabin, the business class cabin, she came to me. She leaned over my chair and she said to me, Dr. Andrews, you don't fly business class very often, do you? <laughs> I said, how could you tell? <laughs> this is marvelous. I had an amazing image. Now, I paid about 800 quid from a premier economy seat, which I thought was pretty eye-watering uh, when I could have got economy much cheaper, but I was sitting in a three grand seat. Now that's a bargain. We like those bargains, right? Come on, who's with me? Say amen. 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 We want those sorts of, of bargains. Now listen, there's nothing wrong with getting a bargain. There's nothing wrong with for looking for a bargain. But one of the great dangers is, and I'm coming across it more and more in the church of Jesus Christ, is that people try to carry the bargain mentality into our spirituality. And actually, that's a dangerous, dangerous idea. And of course, uh, you know, because we've received this salvation by grace, because Jesus literally has purchased our salvation, and in a sense, there was nothing me or you did to get that salvation other than respond to him. The, the danger is we think because we got it uh, relatively easily, because it came to us through what he's done, we, we, are, we are lulled into the idea that somehow this is cheap. That somehow this doesn't demand of me. That somehow, because I got this, because of what Jesus did, there's sort of nothing that I need to do in this context. And we've got to watch that. Now, we've got to watch we don't stray into works, because that's not what we're talking about. But what we're talking about is this. We've received His grace and His love in the most amazing way. In a sense, we've received that free. But there are some, some calls on me responsibilities on me. There are some things that he's wanting me to respond to which won't come cheap. And in fact, when it comes to my spirituality, when it comes to truly following after Jesus, there, there are no shortcuts and there's actually no bargains. So, so actually, there's something that although Jesus is paid in full, I have to be willing to pay. And actually, when Paul writes to the church at Philippi, you can hear that. If ever there was a man who knew how to pay a price for his purpose, it was him. And in his writing to this church in this passage, we're picking that up. We're catching that idea. And actually, I want to remind you of this powerful statement that he makes in verses 7 and 8. Listen to these words, or they're on the screen for you. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. 
What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage or rubbish that I may gain Christ. Here's Paul saying to us, although we've received Christ free, living for Christ is not cheap. And if we bring a bargain mentality into our spirituality, we're going to miss some incredible stuff. We're, we're in danger of missing his best. Not because he doesn't want to give it to us, but because we're approaching it in the wrong way. Because we're trying to get a bargain from him when we've already had the bargain of the universe. The fact that Jesus died on the cross and saved us, that's the bargain of bargains. And actually, I've met people, and they're still trying to get a little bit more of a bargain in this deal. When they've already got everything they could possibly need. And so Paul is saying, grace has come to you free, but following Jesus is not cheap. Come on now. Following Jesus is not cheap. And so in these two little verses, I think Paul is probing or asking three questions, which I want to ask and, and in some ways answer today, but certainly ask to you and to me as we go forward uh, with Jesus. Here's the first question that he's asking. What price purpose? What price purpose? Now let's go back to our verses and see what Paul is saying here. In this verse, there are a number of repeat ideas. We're going to see three repeating patterns in these two verses. Here's the first sort of triplet that Paul presents to us in this verse. He says, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss. He goes on to say, what is more, I consider everything a loss. And then lastly, he says, I considered them garbage. Three times, Paul says, I consider. The idea of that word is really beautiful. And in the words that he's writing in, the picture of that word is to lead out before the mind. That's the literal idea of understanding that word. And here's what he's saying. Paul says this, that I have literally put the cost of this journey, I have put the cost of following Jesus on the table, I have done the numbers, I have crunched the numbers, I've done the math, and I have made a decision to pay this price. So what Paul is not describing is an emotional reaction. He's not describing a knee-jerk reaction. He's not describing randomness. What Paul is describing is intentionality. He's deliberate. He's purposeful. He is absolutely sure of what he's doing because he has done the numbers. He has put it on the table and he's decided, I'm going to do this. So when Paul says three times I consider, he's saying to me and you, uh, what I'm doing is it, it, not a fluke. It's a deliberate and intentional decision for us. You know, we've been celebrating this morning uh, the fact that we've got Gabriel and Tracy coming on to serve this church four days a week free. You are a hard crowd to impress, aren't you? <laughs> Business class doesn't impress you, and someone giving up four days a week for a year doesn't really impress you. That's incredibly impressive. Gabriel, I was talking to Gabriel in the break, four years studying law. I think Tracy did her degree in biochemistry. Bio, even better, biomedical science. So we've got a four-year lawyer, three years or four years? We've got a four-year degree lawyer and a three-year 
biomedical science. Giving up. Come on, some of you are sitting there with your arms folded and you need to unfold them and applaud properly. Giving up the dream, giving up career chasing, giving up opportunities, giving up probably between them the opportunity to earn a decent amount of money every year and have a bit of kudos that goes along with that after a very expensive degree program. And they've given that up to serve this church for four days a week for free for a year. Now work out the numbers, work out the cost, work out what that's doing. Now, I didn't know they were going to be here and this was going to happen. So it, it's a beautiful illustration for my sermon today. Thank you for doing that just for me. Um, it's marvelous. Now, listen, uh, the reason you're getting them for four days a week for a year for free is not just because of the brilliance of Martin and Esther and the glory that's happening in this church. It's because two people sat down and considered. They worked it out. They probably had to have a conversation with mom and dad and family. I'd probably had to take a bit of heat from some people who said, okay, four years in law for a year off serving a church. That's a price, right? Come on now. Now, I'm not saying everybody has to do what Gabriel and Tracy are doing. I'm just holding them up as an example. We've got prayer and fasting this week. For some of you, it may not be a year's internship. It may be lunch. Come on now, we can miss lunch for Jesus. Obvious, obviously not, M maybe not, maybe not. <laughs> Just enjoy your lunch. Okay, are, are you with me? Uh, it, may not be, it may not be lunch, it could be, it could be getting involved with Steve in some of those cross-community partnerships and mission programs. But, but getting involved is going to mean a cost for you. You're going to have to work some, you have to let some stuff go in order to do that stuff. You're going to have to uh, rearrange that in order to do that. There may even be a material or physical cost to some of those things. Listen, everything of value has a cost. And that's one of the big ideas in my, in my understanding. A great cause, whatever that cause is, will always cost. Great causes, great marriages cost. A great business, it just costs. Great churches cost. Great journeys cost. It, it, you know, it, it's great when we get blessings and, and bargains on the way, but actually we've got to start with the attitude, if there's no bargain, I'm still going to do this. If there's no blessing, I'm going to do this. If God doesn't put any cream on the cake, I'm still going to do it. And here's why, because I've crunched the numbers. And I've made a decision, it's worth it. That's what Paul's saying here. Paul's saying, it's worth it. I've considered it, and it is worth it. I, I, I believe this with all my heart. Great faith always considers the cost. I, I, I get nervous when people haven't counted the cost. Because then it can be a wee bit irresponsible. It, maybe it's emotion driving them rather than a real revelation decision. Actually, real faith says, ooh, ooh, that's expensive, but it's worth it. Oh, to do this, I'm going to have to let go of that. Okay, I'll do it. To go here, I'm going to have to leave, leave there. 
but I'll do it. And actually, what we're doing is we're making a faith decision around cost. Faith doesn't ignore the cost. Faith understands it and embraces it. Are you, are you with me? So when it comes to our vision offering, some of us in this room may, may need to make a decision to let go of something in order to do something greater. So I'll go without cinema in order to give in to the vision offering. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Let's think of something else to give up. Uh, but, but you know what I mean? I, I, I will go without in order to get something greater. That's what Paul's saying. And actually, that's at the heart of this journey. So Paul says, what price purpose? That will look different for everybody in the room. So, so we've illustrated through Tracy and Gabriel, but, but your world will look different from theirs. But the principle will be the same. There will be a cost to everything of value, and faith doesn't ignore the cost. Faith counts the cost. Yes, amen? amen. All right, here's the second question that Paul asks, or at least I'm asking through Paul. Poo or purpose? John, is that a typo on the screen? No, it's not. Sorry. I hope I don't offend anybody. I haven't set out to offend anybody. If you're feeling slightly offended, still hold steady. Wait till I finish. Okay? Poo or purpose? Now, now listen to what Paul says in the context of this verse. He says right at the end of this statement, he says, I consider them. Now, when he says them, he means his previous CV. All the stuff he's talked about, this confidence in the flesh. By confidence in the flesh, he means confidence in his own ability. Confidence in his own world. Confidence in the world he came from. And Paul says, I consider them, I consider that CV, that world I came from, that world that I had, I considered them garbage or rubbish that I may gain Christ. Now, most modern translations have softened the word and it's true. It can be translated garbage. It can be translated rubbish. But actually, a lot of the time, it is also translated as literally human waste, excrement. That's the strongest contextual use of this word. Now, now Paul may have meant that or not, and most translators will go for the soft option on that translation. But theoretically, at least, here's what Paul is saying. My gold-plated previous life compared to Jesus, is like comparing that to excrement. Okay? You with me? So, so now, now hear, hear me importantly. He's, it's the comparison that does this. He's not saying his education was that. Now hear me. He wasn't saying his family was that, or his background was that, or his heritage was that. He's saying compared to what I now have in Christ. Even though that was really good, and I celebrated that, when I compare even the best of that to Him, it's like excrement. It's like rubbish. It's like something that I would toss out and not think of again. And Paul is so consumed with Jesus that he actually sees this incredible uh, extreme comparison where he shows that. I, I mean, it would be like me standing at the door of this church with a red case and a blue case. In the red case is a hundred thousand pound cash. And in the blue case, it's filled with poo. And you know which is which. I mean, we're not making you pick one randomly. Red is money, 
Blue as poo. I mean, seriously, everyone would go with? Some sections of the audience just thinking about that for a moment. Well, I, I like blue, John. Blue's a nice color. Yeah, absolutely. Go with me now. We would all go red, wouldn't we? Hopefully. So, John, that's a pretty, it's a pretty naff illustration. Maybe, maybe not. Listen, I have met people picking blue. And not just people out there in the lostness of a world without Jesus. I have met people who have been changed and transformed by Jesus still picking blue. Picking the lesser option. Uh, picking the bargain mentality. Picking an idea that actually, actually puts value on things which, when compared to Jesus, have no real value at all. And actually, we've got to be men and women that understand that in Christ Jesus, there is a gold-plated option for us. And when we truly, truly, truly understand who He is, when we truly get what we have been gloriously singing about this morning, that we realize that actually everything outside of Him, everything without Him, everything that's not in Him, everything that's not part of Him, is actually... Rubbish in comparison. Now, in itself and in the world of its context, it's not viewed as rubbish. But when we view it in comparison to the glory of Christ himself, then it becomes a little less important. To the world without Christ, this is gold. To the world in Christ, gold is excrement. It's a sobering idea that when we go to heaven, we will walk on gold. <laughs> Won't use it. We'll stand on it. The thing that people are killing themselves for today, we'll walk on in heaven. <laughs> Come on now. See, see, the idea for us as, as men and women is, is trying to grab that understanding that there is something of even greater value than the stuff that we've been told by everybody all along is really most valuable. Are you with me? Because when it comes down to the red case and the blue case, the winner is, the winner is the one we value the most. Now, the obvious answer is red. And the obvious answer to me is red because I've opened the red case and it's changed my life. But actually, I have met people and they're, they're not sure. Or, or I've met people and they're going for the blue. Why? Be, because actually, they, they don't see the glory of what they have in Christ Jesus. An amazing, amazing thought. Let me just say this to each one of us, and it's really important. If we focus on the cause, we'll find a way to serve Jesus. We'll find a way to make it happen. If your focus is on the cause, you'll find a way to pay. If our focus is on the cost, it becomes impossible usually. I'm, I'm a Liverpool supporter. 
Liverpool got to the final of the Champions League last May, the end of the season. If you'd have said to me at the beginning of the season, Liverpool would get to the final, I'd, I'd have thought you were crazy. And not only did we get to the final, there was a good chance we would have won it. And actually, hotels put the, the hotel prices up. They were charging astronomical prices for airlines. Tickets that would normally go for 100 or 200 euro were going for 14, 1500, 2000, 2500 euro. And people paid it. People paid it. People paid incredible prices for hotels. They paid incredible prices for travel. They paid extortionate prices for tickets. Why did they do that? Because of the cause. They weren't looking at the money. They were looking at the cause. They were looking at getting to the final. They were looking at being there when their team lifted the trophy. They were looking at a greater cause. And as a result of that, they were able to pay a cost which to people like me and you who don't follow football or don't like Liverpool Football Club, you just think that's bonkers. But if you'd have had a video camera on the front row here, for example, this morning while we were worshiping and videoed us in the midst of our worship and watched that back later, you'd thought we were bonkers. But when I was on the front row being led by this wonderful team, I wasn't thinking about me. Come on. I wasn't thinking about lunch. Wasn't thinking about, about how long is this service going on. I was thinking about him. My eyes were on him. I was consumed with him. And because I was consumed in him, my, my behavior to, to people who are not consumed with him looks a wee bit weird. Paying three grand for a football ticket is bonkers unless you're consumed with the cause. Laying your life down for Jesus is bonkers unless we've got our eyes on Jesus. Giving up a year when you could be chasing the dream is bonkers unless we understand the cause at the heart of it. Are you with me? So here's the last question I think Paul asked us. We're almost there. Stay with me. A couple more minutes and we're finished. And it's this. Paul is asking the question, investment or sacrifice? So we're coming to our second little triplet. And Paul says these things. Look at this in the context of the verse again. He says, I now consider loss. Then he says again, I consider everything a loss. He goes on uh, to say this in the context of this, uh, that I have, for whose sake, Christ's sake, I have lost all things. Three times, in the same way he said consider, he now says lost. And actually when we, when we look at that, depending on which way we look at it, it's either Paul has lost something or he's gained something. So the world that Paul came from would say he's lost. The world that Paul enters would say he's gained. And actually, Paul, Paul is saying here, I've weighed it up, I've considered it all, and I'm prepared to, to have a loss, what looks like a loss, in order to gain something greater. Amazing, amazing idea. And we have here within these words the tension between sacrifice and investment. And they sound like the same thing, but they're a wee bit different. Sacrifice and investment. Sacrifice is a word we use a lot in the context of the church, and rightly so. It's a wonderful Bible word. But, but what I've noticed is people creep into a slightly negative sacrifice mentality. What, what, what do I mean by that? Well, first of all, that's defined sacrifice. Sacrifice is defined as the giving up of something for the sake of something else. Now, note the language. This is from the dictionary. The giving up of something. So the sacrifice mentality is the giving up of something for something else. 
Here's the definition of investment. To spend on something with the expectation of profit or return. Now, in reality, in an investment, you're also giving up something. You know, when my pension, I'm giving up something every month for my pension. But it's with a view that hopefully, hopefully, that will come back to me. So actually, at the heart of it, the idea of sacrifice and investment are sort of similar ideas. The difference is this, that, that sacrifice focuses on what you're giving up. Whereas investment focuses on what you're putting in. Are you with me? So if you get a sacrifice mentality that becomes negative, this starts to happen. Don't you realize what I'm giving up for Jesus? Do you know, Pastor, I could be at home this morning relaxing. I've given that up for Jesus. I'm giving up financial things that I could do for myself for Jesus. I've given up time to serve in the car park today for Jesus. Now, we would commend you for all of the things you're giving up, but I would want to challenge you. To move away from a giving up mindset and move into a putting in mindset. So that when you're on the car park, you haven't given anything up, you've put something in. When you fast your lunch, you haven't given something up, you've put something into the heavenlies. You've put something into this church. You're putting something into this city. You're putting something into your world. And you're even putting something into yourself. Now if you focus on what you've given up, the danger is we'll lose the glory of the opportunity that's in front of us. Don't focus on what you're giving up. Focus on what you're putting in. Focus on why you're putting it in. You with me? What a, what a challenge that is. There's a glorious story in the, in the Bible of, of a man called Jacob who wants to marry a woman called Rachel. He's absolutely in love with this woman. And she must have been an amazing woman because he offers himself to his uncle, her, her father. He offers himself as a born slave for seven years' work for free to get this woman. So we've got AJ and, and Princess just married, right? Okay, so, so there we are, back, back a week. And listen, a, a, whole, a whole seven years of work. Well, the end of the seven years, he's hoping to marry Rachel. Uh, the dad switches the daughters, and he ends up marrying Leah. Long story, complicated. Um, and he ends up marrying Leah, and, and in his shock the next day, he goes back to, to Laban, and he says, hey, you've tricked me, but I still want Rachel. And so they strike another deal where he works another seven years for Rachel. He ends up working set up 14 years for Rachel. The second seven years for Rachel, it says that even though it was seven years, it, went, it, was, it felt like it was only a few days. One of the most romantic statements in the Torah. It is, genuinely. Now, now people looking at Jacob's contribution... If they don't see Rachel, they're seeing that as a sacrifice. But for Jacob, because he saw Rachel, there was no sacrifice. It was an investment. He gladly gave 14 years of work for free. The average UK salary at the moment per year is £26,500. That's just, a, that's just imagine that was the equivalent to Jacob's salary. That means he invests or sacrifices. Depending on how you look at it, 371,000 pounds to get her. She must have been one hot woman, right? <laughs> we are talking hot city. 
£371,000 sacrifice. Or he would say, no, 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 investment. Because this investment will make me a better person. This investment will make my world better. It will make me better. It will make my world bigger. It will change the world that we are in. This is not a sacrifice. This is an investment. And why does Paul make that investment? Look at that. Here's the last triplet we're closing. Look at this. He says, for the sake of Christ. Secondly, he says, for the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And lastly, that I may gain Christ. Now, that's, that's, what makes, that's what connects all the dots here of the three triplets. Consider, loss, and gain. Why is Paul considering what he considers? Why is Paul losing what he's losing? Why? Because he is consumed with Christ as the focus of what he is doing. It is that focus on Jesus that is giving Paul the power not to sacrifice something because he never moans about it and he never groans about it. He's investing something. You know, Gabriel and Tracy could say, hey, do you know what? I'm giving up a lot. And that's true. There is a, that is absolutely true. Or they could say, wow, what an opportunity to invest in my eternal future and in the eternal future of people all around me. This is not a give up moment. This is a put in moment. And I want to say, whatever they are giving up, I want to say in Christ Jesus, that will not go without reward. That will not go without blessing. That decision is setting things up in their future that they have no idea are even going to happen. No comprehension that things that will come their way are now set to come their way because they made a decision to consider a cost, to, to consider a few things a loss to them, and to invest into something for the glory of God. Now, you may not be able to do what they do, but the principles are the same. If we are consumed with Him, then it's possible. The cost will always be an investment when we understand the value of the cause. Ladies and gentlemen, the only reason you and I are here today is because Jesus Christ invested His whole life for the world. He didn't look for a bargain. He didn't look for a lesser deal. He put his whole self on the cross. And the only reason me and you are here is because Jesus put everything under the table. He invested into the world. I am alive today. I get to minister today. I get to be part of this glorious church today, not because of anything I did, not because of my cleverness, not because of the house I was born in, but because Jesus Christ put everything on the table. Because Jesus Christ literally put everything on the cross. He gave every single pint of his blood for me. And so in those moments when I get a little bit selfish and I get a little bit groany and moany about what I'm giving up, I remember, I only get the chance to groan about what I'm giving up because he put everything in. Come on now. Come on now. He's worth it. He's worth everything we put in. He's worth everything we give up. He's worth everything that we are prepared to do for him because he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And actually, if we will see that and grasp that, it will transform our world. I'm going to, are you guys going to join me? Team going to join me? Or Sarah going to join me? Just to finish this off.
I know we've run slightly over time. Stay with me now for a couple more minutes. But there are moments when I get, when I get profoundly selfish and I, I get consumed in myself and I get consumed in what I've done or what I've given or, or, or how much. And actually, actually in those moments, it's because my eyes are on me, my eyes are on the price, my eyes are on the cost and my eyes are off him. When my eyes are on him, the cost is not an issue. And I want to tell you, like, genuinely, I don't want to overcook this, but, but I am in every level of my life richer today than I've ever been. I'm richer in life. I'm richer in, I think, maturity. I'm, I'm richer in my spirituality. I, I'm, I'm richer in my wealth, material wealth, than I've ever been. And yet Dawn and I are giving more than we've ever given. Not just money, in everything. And it's easy to say, well, look at what I'm giving up. And actually, we've learned the secret. No, no, look at what we're putting in. We're investing into the eternal. We're investing into people's lives. We're investing into mission. We're investing into people. We're investing into something that's bigger than us. We're investing into the cause of Jesus Christ. And when we see Him, the price changes. We argue and we quibble over percentage points. Listen to me. Listen to me carefully. It's not about money. It's about cause. We stop arguing over percentage points when the cause truly grips us, when he truly has us. Are you with me? Why don't you stand with me? You've been amazingly patient and generous to me as I have ministered. I'm going to pray a really simple prayer this morning for or this afternoon now for us all. But like Paul, we will see the cause. We will see the cause. Listen, we may serve in the food bank, but the cause is Christ. We may be on the car park, but the cause is Christ. We may be serving in the children's ministry, but the cause is Christ. We may be leading people in worship, preaching the Word of God, but the cause is Christ. We may be a doctor or a nurse or a teacher or a mom or a dad. The cause is Christ. And when our eyes are fixed on Him, the price, the cost changes. We move from giving up to putting in. And when that happens, anything is possible. So Holy Spirit, I pray right now for every man every woman in this room, that our eyes will be consumed with your cause, that our eyes will be consumed with you, that Lord, we like Paul will be taken up with you. We will see you at the center of everything. It was for the surpassing glory of knowing you that he gave up a gold-plated life. And Lord, yet in you, he found something even more glorious than anything he had before. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will help us to be men and women that live with that cause at the center of our being. Help us to be men and women that move from a giving up mentality to a putting in mentality. Help us to be men and women that actually see that our lives are much bigger than, than the things around us or the things that hold us, but that, Lord, there is a glorious, eternal call to each one of us. I pray 
that we will be consumed by it, that in seeing the cost, we will be willing to pay the cost. In Jesus' name, amen. 